crochet while we talk about crochet while we talk about crochet you can crochet too yeah welcome everybody to the crochet bays podcast episode four welcome welcome i'm jessica I'm Meg. And we are the Crochet The Crochet Bays. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, Ooh, we yes. We were rough on that one. Well, you know, I feel like we can lean on the fact that the internet is a bit of a um like we can't we can't necessarily know for sure that we're hundred percent in sync because of you know, we're not in the same room. So people fair gotta enough, fair enough. people gotta cut us some slack. With being fully in sync. Either that or I can just edit it. So even if we weren't in sync, I can make it sound like we were. There you go. The magic Fancy of editing. Fancy audio. <laughs> oh my goodness. So what is new with you, Megs? What you been working on? Oh man, I'm so excited because I have been working on a new pattern. And when I say new pattern, I didn't find a new pattern. I mean, I'm working on writing a new pattern. Heck yeah. Yeah. Tell us about it. Oh, I'm so excited. So I really wanted to make a Yeti. And because Yetis are a thing in my house. It's a sentimental thing. We have a lot of them. Um, And that's a story for another time. But I wanted a Yeti. Same situation as a grumpy sunflower. Was not finding a Yeti that I was liking. So we're like, all right. Time to design a new pattern. Yes. And we got a Yeti. So I'm making this cute little Yeti, and he's got, like, the most adorable little, like, toe beans ever. <laughs> I like, love toe beans. I know. Love a good toe bean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I'm using, like, bottle stitches for the toes. They look so cute. So right now the pattern is written. I've tweaked it a little bit. It's in the process of being pattern tested, Yay. which is really exciting. So that will be dropping the or, well, releasing rather um, sometime in August, I think, sooner rather than later. But we'll see. But it's really exciting. So it's been fun. And there will be a future monster collection to go with that. Meg's so monsters. You more <laughs> Meg's monsters. I love that. I really love that. Also, if you, do you don't call in the pattern in in the actual written pattern, if you don't call the section where you work on the feet the toe beans, I'm gonna be very upset with you. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm not an official pattern tester for this pattern, I mean- <laughs> but that is my input. That is my feedback. The end. <laughs> Are you going to uh, buy the pattern to prove it? No. I mean, I guess I'm going to have You're to like, now. Uh... I have been backed Just into go. a corner. <laughs> you backed yourself into that corner, friend. So anyway, what am I working on? Let me tell yeah, you. What are you, what are you working on? <laughs> working on getting myself out of this corner. Um, I, Every time. <laughs> I have been working on all of the sunflower things. All the sunflower things. Yes. So the plan is for this fall, I wanted to do kind of a themed collection that I would release for the fall season. And if you know anything about me, you know that fall is my favorite season. Hands down. Everything good happens in the fall. Fall is beautiful. Fall is love. Fall is life. Fall is everything. So. I wanted to, was that, Everybody fall. Was that a little fall, over the top? Fall. It's fine. Just fall. It's fall. <laughs> We're switching the topic of this episode. It's just all about why fall is the best. Okay. Um, so I wanted to do kind of a special collection to, you know, 
fun for the season. And also because the boutique that I have my items in, they're doing a special kind of release for all the different fall themed items in their shop. So I wanted to do something for my website, but also for the shop so that I would have something kind of new and exciting for people who are coming into the shop and wanting to see all the all the pretty fall things. So I decided to do a sunflower themed collection because sunflowers are kind of a fun fall thing and there's a lot of fun stuff you can do. A lot of fun pieces that you can do with sunflowers. So I've just been cranking out like all the sunflower things. I made a sunflower garland that's kind of like a wall hanging type deal that looks super cute with um, across a mantle or a window or a mirror or wherever your heart desires to put it. Or like a sunflower nursery theme maybe like how cute would that be over oh my gosh I didn't even think about that but yes that would be adorable so cute um I've made a sunflower bookmark and lots of sunflower granny squares that are going to be used to make all sorts of beautiful things Ooh, and and now that you say that because I saw the photo you posted Mm -hmm. tell us what you got for those granny squares. Ooh, I feel like this might have to be a future shut up and take my money segment, but oh, I haven't agreed. I haven't used it enough to like say that yet, but yeah, yeah, yeah. so far. But just give a small recap. Yeah, so far it's been great. So I ended up buying a blocking board for my granny square. So it's a wooden one and it's got like pegs and little dowels and it supports like lots of different sizes up to 11 inch granny squares so like big boy granny squares or teeny tiny ones and everything in between so you basically can pick what size you want your square to be or what size it is and put the dowels in the different um pegs based on like how how big or small and then um and then you stretch your little granny squares over the dowels and you can block them nicely and easily so uh. I did, yeah, so I did my big, my big sunflower granny squares that are going to be used for one project, and then right now I have two smaller projects on there at the same time, and I did uh, some smaller squares, and then also, I just said squares weird, (laughs) some (laughs) some smaller squares, apparently that's a tongue twister for me. It sounded like you were almost saying squirrels. Squirrels. Squares at the same time, you're like squares. Anyways, some smaller squares. (laughs) And then also um, some hexagon shapes I managed to get on there. So it's like multifunctional, multipurpose. I love that. I feel like there needs to be merch of like a squirrel with a granny square body. (laughs) A granny square squirrel. A granny squirrel. (laughs) Granny squirrel. Wait, so is a granny squirrel... A granny square with a squirrel on it, or is it a squirrel that's like a a grandma that looks or like a grandma? Or is it like a grit or it, or okay, or is it a squirrel crocheting a granny square? Oh my gosh, it's squareception. What's happening right now? <laughs> Grandception. Okay, everybody, uh, send us email email to the crochetbase.com or nope, that's not a website. <laughs> thecrochetbays at gmail.com thank you that's what it is you're welcome let us know what a granny squirrel is the great squirrel Um, debate okay i want to backtrack a little bit because you had brought up the shop a little bit and your website and i know you've talked about 
your website, obviously. We talked about that in episode one during our origin story. Yes. But I don't know if you really got into the shop a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be like a huge thing, but I feel like you should tell people because it's such a cool thing. It's not something I do, but like if it was an option, I totally would. Mm-hmm. So I feel like people just need to know about this a little bit to see if it's an option around them because it's such a great idea. Yeah. So just the Cliff Notes version is that there is a little boutique that is basically right across the street from my church, actually, and not very far from my house at all either. And it is locally owned by a couple of awesome ladies, and they have a whole range of different local artists and handmade vendors that bring in all their stuff and they basically have it set to where you come in and you show them your stuff if you're interested in being a vendor with them and then if they like your stuff and they want it to be in their shop you sign some forms you do you know and and different shops have different ways of of how they run things and, and how they do things for the shop that I'm in The way they do it is you pay a flat monthly fee where you're essentially renting your space at the the store. And then they also take a percentage as like their commission off of whatever you sell. So I pay my like monthly rate and this, let's see, I'm in my second month there right now. So I haven't been doing this for very long, but basically they, I pay my, my monthly fee and then I get to set my prices. I bring my inventory in and um, I, they printed up, basically I, I gave them my inventory list. So I told them what the items were, how much they cost. And then they printed up the stickers with like the barcodes and the prices and everything. And when I came in to bring my stuff in, they basically just handed me a big stack of these barcode pricing stickers. And I just set everything up the way I wanted to, put the um, price stickers on all of my items And then that was pretty much it. So every week they email me a basically like a sales report. So if I sold anything the past week, I'll get an email breaking down like what it was that I sold, how much I made. And then at the end of each month, I go in and uh, pick up a check. And they actually just take like the next month's rent out of my proceeds. So I'm not like actually paying them in cash. They're just taking it out of like whatever my profits were so it all kind Mm -hmm. of um flows easily like that so I I kind of got in because I sort of had my foot in the door with them already so I kind of lucked out a little bit like that might not be everybody's situation but I would say like if that's something you're interested in um look around in your hometown or you know areas close to you and if they have if you guys have a, a boutique that has a lot of like local handmade artisan type things there's no harm in just asking the people at the store hey do you um, accept other vendors are you looking for more vendors and just strike up a conversation because you never know what the opportunities might be until you ask totally it's such a cool concept I it and it just gets your stuff out there more like it's not it's not setting up for a market absolutely and like having to be there it's like let me set this up in a store and then they do all the rest for me which is so cool so yeah I just thought that was something that maybe people might want to consider if they're looking for options on how to how to sell 
their product. Totally. It might not be for everybody, but I think what you said is so true. It's nice to have a kind of set it and forget it option for my things because you, you know, I tend to think of selling my products in person, not online as a market, you know, going and setting up, being there for the day. And so the idea of being able to like set up your stuff and then leave and not have to man it 24 seven is appealing. And obviously, you know, the shop makes a commission, but they're basically, you know, running a market for you continuously. And so I think it's a fair trade off. Yeah. But like, if you think about this too, like in terms of my Etsy store is solely my pattern designs, right? So it is very much so a set it and forget it type of thing for me as well. Mm -hmm. And Etsy takes a fee out. So it's really no different than that. That's true. That's true. There's a little bit more work on my end, I would say in terms of like, obviously I have to write out all the listings and all that, but even then, so it's very, very similar. Right. Although with that, Jess, I saw you take a little sip over there. So why don't you tell us what you're drinking? Oh, I'm just drinking some coffee. Out of my coffee. (laughs) Out of my um, unshakable mug, which is actually, (laughs) it's funny. So I got it from a a women in ministry conference and it says unshakable on one side. And then on the other side, it says, I will not be shaken with like a, a Bible verse. And I think that this mug has a death wish because it's it says unshaken or wait unshaken or unshakable unshakable and <laughs> there is no mug in my cabinet that I have accidentally like dropped smacked against something more times so <laughs> than the unshakable mug <laughs> it's it is the unshakable mug is shaken quite often um it it's like really wants to prove itself that it truly is unshakable um so you know I'm I'm just drinking regular just just some regular coffee out of it out of my my mug that refuses to be um shaken <laughs> love that love that i am not drinking coffee this time <gasps> i know shame for shame you betray I- us <laughs> shame i think of that like i don't know if you've seen game of thrones but i think of that episode where they're like shaming cersei and they're just like ringing this bell and they're like just shouting shame 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 and she's like walking through the crowd um no I'm not because I've already had two really big cups of coffee today and I'm trying to calm down a little bit it's becoming a problem (laughs) believe it or not too much caffeine has negative effects who knew not I um (laughs) so I'm drinking some um knockoff LaCroix but it's mm. quite good what flavor We've got a cherry cherry lime oh, one going on mine too um but to make it more fun I my tumbler here mm-hmm. you can't see it but it says give me Jesus so we also have like a Jesus themed cup going on yes and I have this fancy little um ice coffee or ice coffee cozy but currently it's an ice LaCroix cozy <laughs> it's multifunctional um, that I that I just made so it is all uh, crochet related even though it's not coffee yes. we'll pretend it's coffee it is very cute colors too your cup cozy I love mm. it thank you I love this color today's episode is brought to you by when somebody mistakes your crochet for knitting do you need something to be angry about? Well, we have the perfect solution. They mean well. They're just trying to compliment you on your work. The fact that your knitting is still enough to get your blood boiling. Put that anger to work and rage crochet the day away. All because of someone mistaking your crochet for Seriously, knitting? Is that, is that what they think this is? Seriously? 
Okay, so I don't think we have actually said what the main topic have we said what the main topic of today no, is yet? you know what I realized I kind of brought up some I brought it up but not in a way that you knew it was the main topic I just yeah. brought it up I mean people will be able to read the title of the episode and gain the knowledge in that way but we are talking today <laughs> about markets and specifically we're going to be kind of recapping and sharing our experiences mm -hmm. from both of our first time doing a crochet market yeah so so now you have done markets before yes but you're you just did your first crochet market yes and I've that done... was sorry go ahead my oh no you're good um that was my first market ever Ever. I've never done one at all. Yeah. So So yeah. I, I think it'll be kind of cool because we have a little bit, I mean, obviously both of our experiences were different, mm -hmm. but we also have a little bit different perspective on going to a market because as you said, I have done many a market for my other business, but I have never done a crochet market before and they are obviously definitely different. Um, I'm selling completely different products and just a totally different vibe. So it'll be cool to um, kind of, yeah, share our experiences. So um, let's talk about how these markets like came to be. So how did you, well, first of all, tell us what your market was like just in general and then how you kind of found it, signed up for it, how you, how, yeah, how you found it. Sure. So my, so what's interesting is it actually wasn't my first like market in terms of getting like like applying to be a part of a market and stuff, mm -hmm. but it ended up being the first market I did. Um, so I feel like I kind of have to explain both at the same time. Okay. So I decided this year that it was going to make it a goal that I was going to do a market for the first time. So I started Googling and I was like, all right, well, what do I, you know, what do I look for? How do I find one? And then I went to Facebook and kind of just started searching. And from there I found an event that was a market in a town nearby. And I reached out to the lady like hosting it. And asked her, you know, what do I have to do to get all the information, the contract, whatever there is. And she's like, send me your email address and I will send you all the information over. So that's what she did. And then essentially said, if you, if everything sounds good to you, I will have you send me um, the deposit for your spot. And, um, and then you're good to go. And then you just need to show up at this time, be there the whole time, X, Y, and Z. You're good to go. You're a part of the market. So that's what I did for that. Got that all set up. And then my friend reached out to me and was like, hey, I'm doing a market this like or not this month, next month. And I was wondering if you wanted to share a booth with me. So it's like it was like $50 for the booth. You split the cost with me and you can just hang out with me for the day. Put your crochet stuff in there. I already have all the like tables and the tent and everything. You don't have to worry about that. Just make sure you bring whatever you need to bring to sell your stuff. So I was like, well, that's, you know, that's a month away. That's a little soon, mm -hmm. but I guess let's, let's just give it a try. If anything, it's just a trial run for my September market. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like how that came to be. I didn't have to do any of the legwork, but it really was nice to get in there to have an idea of how to do it. So I got there. I helped set up our space. I kind of set up my own space. She set up her own space. We split the tables 50-50. 
and um, it just worked out really well. It was nice to be able to do my first market not by myself. Yes. So that I had somebody who knew what they were doing, but also like had someone just to hang out with mm-hmm. instead of sitting there going, not only is this my first market, but like I, I, I'm by myself. Like there's no one to hang out with me if it's like dead or slow or no one's here. But honestly, it actually ended up not being slow, which was really great. Um, so I didn't really have to do a lot for that, but I feel like the process was very similar for that one as it was for the other one I did. Mm-hmm. The only difference is that the spring market I did um, with my friend was set up by the chamber um, of that city, whereas the one that I'm doing in September is just hosted by two women who set it up and rent out um, the arts and convention center in the town just over from me okay cool yeah so the one that i signed up for was an event that i or i've i've worked with so it's a church and they do it as a fundraiser and Mm -hmm. i've done a couple of their events in the past with my other business but i was never able to do this one which is more of a summertime event um, because it's outdoors and it's in the summer and my other business is with chocolate, <laughs> which would melt in the heat. So <laughs> I was excited to be able to do the summer event because obviously you don't really have to worry about your crochet stuff melting in the heat. Um, so I signed up for that and it's a, um, an evening market. They call it their night market and they have it outside in their parking lot and they have like live music and, food trucks and different vendors and so it sounded like a fun event and um, there wasn't a huge cost to get a space and so I sort of just thought this would be a fun like I know I know the people I know the um, organizers of the event and I know they do a good job so it was kind of a a good way to ease into doing markets for my crochet business because I kind of had a feel for how it would go a little bit already. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't a huge cost. It was just a one day event because some, you know, some events are like full weekends where it's either Saturday, Sunday, Friday, set or Friday through Sunday. And so this was kind of a, not a like massive, huge commitment. It was kind of a good way to ease into doing markets. So that's kind of, uh, why I chose this one versus something bigger or um, something that I wasn't familiar with at all. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So in terms of like, like setup, mm-hmm. did you have to supply your own stuff? Because like for me, I got really lucky with the two markets I've, I'm doing so far. Like my friend had all the setup for the first one. Mm-hmm. The second one. They're providing tables. So I just have to basically bring any tabletop displays and things. And then if I want extra pieces, you know, like making vertical space or whatever, like that's all on me. But they give me my table. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For um, for this particular event, I think I don't think they supply anything Um, for their indoor event. They do supply, I think, a table or they give you the option to rent a table. And that's another thing that some markets will do is give you the option to like, if you don't want to bring your own tables, you can rent it for like 10 bucks or, you know, whatever they decide to charge. But Mm -hmm. usually if it's an event where you need a tent, I I don't know of any event where they provide the tent for you. You usually have to bring your own tent at least. And then tables are sometimes an option where they either provide or you can rent. Um, but yeah, for this one, I didn't have anything provided for me. So I brought, um, my own tent and my own tables and chairs and 
all that good stuff. That chairs are something that if it's an indoor event, usually they'll they'll provide the chairs for you. Sure. Free, yeah. free and of charge. My <laughs> my September market free of charge. My September market is an indoor one. So that's really nice because I don't have to worry about weather unless there's like a tornado. Yes. Um yeah. So yours was nighttime, which was interesting to me. Mine was like a, a daytime one. Like yeah. it was I think it was like from eight to three o'clock. And we had a ton of traffic. Like it was just, it was a really warm spring day. It was sunny. It was beautiful. Everybody wanted to be outside. Mm -hmm. There was tons of food trucks. And we got so lucky with the space we had because we were like, we have a big grandstands in, in the square where this market was held. And we were right in front of the grandstands. And they were having like a fashion show and music and stuff right there. So automatically everyone kind of gravitated towards mm -hmm. that area anyways, which yeah. gave us a lot of foot traffic. And on top of that, also, the food trucks were right by us, too. So not only were people gravitating towards that area because of the um, stuff going on during the grandstands, but then they were like, oh, food, we want to go there. And I just I feel like that really played a role, too, in how well we did. Um, so I think it would be almost fair to say and like I'll be able to speak on this a little bit more as I do more markets. But I think it even is fair to say, like, your spot within the market really does matter. Absolutely, it does. Yep. It sounds like you guys kind of hit the jackpot as far as placement. We really did. And, like, the awesome part is we signed up for next year and got the exact same spot. Nice. That's so good. Yeah. yeah. I feel like with markets, it's a little bit luck of the draw. Sometimes mm. you get a really good spot like that. Sometimes you don't. And part of that could be when you signed up, they might be giving, you know, the good spots to people who sign up first. They might be giving the good spots to people they've worked with for many years. And so they're kind of giving like preference to people they trust and have worked with in the past. And it may just be that you get the short end of the stick. I would say a bit of advice for anybody who's doing markets if you get stuck in a spot that's like totally awful, maybe, you know, maybe it's just a spot that's not super great. Or maybe for your specific product, the area you're in doesn't make sense because that's happened to me too. Um, don't be afraid to like advocate for yourself and, you know, just politely ask if it's possible. Like if you need to be put somewhere else or if you might be able to be put somewhere else, they might say no and they might not be able to do anything for you and that's fine. But, you know, don't be afraid to ask if it's like, you know, you got put in a spot that, that really isn't working for you. No harm in asking. Yeah. I think that totally makes sense. And like even, so we ended up paying extra for electricity mm -hmm. because part of like the stuff we had at our tables was actually handmade lamps and, um, our electricity wasn't working. Mm. So they were offering to move us, but we were like, eh, we kind of like our position we're in. So we'll suck it up if we can't use the electricity. Like yeah. we, we have the ability to still function without it and we didn't want to give up our spot. And I'm so glad we didn't yeah. because it did end up really benefiting um, us to stay where we were for right. sure. So that was like my first ever market. Like I really didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what I was going to sell. I didn't know how much I was going to sell. I brought a good portion of products. I brought stuff that was totally out of season, not expecting it to sell. And I was definitely right about that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like we're talking about early spring. We did this at the beginning of May. It's still for the most part, a little chilly, but starting to get warmer. People are like taking coats off. Um, 
potentially even wearing shorts in that day it was like shorts weather it was hot Mm -hmm. it was like pushing 80 which was amazing um so like my hats nobody touched them nobody touched anything warm and quite honestly I think if I was gonna do it again I am doing it again next year if I'm gonna do it again next year I'm gonna bring all that stuff because if it's a cold day that might appeal to people right but because it was so warm and so beautiful out, everyone's like, ugh, like, I don't want warm hats. That makes no sense. We're rolling into summer. I'd bring it, but I wouldn't display it unless I had, like, a good feel for the weather. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, that is definitely one thing I would say I learned but didn't apply in that situation is that you don't have to throw everything on the table um, just because you have it. Like, Filter it out. Let people cycle through because multiple people will walk by and check things out. Right. And if there's new stuff there, they're going to like walk back in and look more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to kind of strike that balance of you don't want your tables to be bare. You don't want to have like one of like if you've got, you know, five of each of your things, you don't necessarily want to just have one of each, but you also don't want to completely crowd the table with product to where it's overwhelming like visually. So finding that balance of having a good amount of product on the table to where people can kind of flip through and look at the different colors, the different varieties and see like, oh, wow, this person has a lot to offer, but not to the point where it looks cluttered. It's it's like a mm-hmm. careful balance to strike. But, you know, you get there with with practice. And I definitely did like the cluttered thing. Like my tables were messy. I didn't utilize a lot of vertical space. I did a little bit, but I... I just didn't have the materials to do it. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I just need to get everything out there. Like, like everyone needs to see everything. And in reality, I would have benefited so much more by like pulling so much away because I had products that would have sold really well had I displayed them better. And there wasn't so much to overwhelm. Like, for example, I had all these little popsicle holders. We talked about the mermaid ones Mm -hmm. not long ago. I had a bunch of those and like people that saw me advertise online came to the market to buy them but people just at the market were really like confused and didn't really notice them as much like Mm -hmm. the things that really appealed to people were all my little like pocket amigurumis that I had because I used vertical space and I displayed them in a way that they weren't so cluttered with everything else yep which is really interesting everything that had like its own space and was laid out a little bit better versus just kind of packed together sold Whereas the things that were really packed together struggled to sell. Yeah, your layout really makes a huge difference. And I think you made a really good point of using vertical space is huge because if you just lay everything flat out on the table, first of all, if you do happen to have a couple people over there looking at your stuff, anybody that's walking by can't see anything because the table's covered. Whereas if you have, you know, things that have some heights, things that have dimension, or maybe you've got... Um, you know, something that's out in front of the tables where you can display things on, whether that's a shelf or a pegboard display or something, you're giving multiple opportunities for people to engage with your products. And yeah, using, using that visual space, that vertical height really helps to entice people and to Mm -hmm. encourages them, like not to just kind of do a quick little visual sweep and then keep walking. It's like, oh, there's stuff to see. Like I need to really take my time and and look up and down and all around and um it encourages people to really like engage with your booth and i mean if you go into a store you see that right you see 
stores using every bit of space to entice people to look and to shop. And that's basically, you know, we're trying to recreate that in a little 10 by 10 space. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, another like pro tip basically is like if you're able, don't do it alone. Like don't you Mm -hmm. don't necessarily have to have like another person who's crafting like share a table with you. But like take somebody with you who will just hang out with you for the day. Absolutely. Like number one, to watch your table while you use the bathroom Mm because you're going to have to use the bathroom or you need to get food or whatever else. Yes. But number two, to have someone to hang out with so you're not bored. Like you kind of – I feel like you kind of like chat with your like like booth buddies, like the people around you a little Mm -hmm. bit and like befriend them a tiny bit. But even then, so they're there to, you know, sell their own craft and they got to focus on that primarily. They can't sit and talk to you all day long. So it's just nice to have somebody to just sit and chill with so you're not like – sitting on your phone the whole time and can't like focus on other people who are walking by um but also just to have a fresh set of eyes Mm -hmm. to give you a second opinion on your setup or like to look at it from different angles to tell you like hey no move this like to the left a little bit or to the right or up or down or whatever so that while you're working it they can kind of get a better idea of what it's going to look like from different like walkways yeah for sure yeah I try never to do an event by myself Um, it happens every once in a while, but I really try never to do a market by myself because first of all, I don't like doing it by myself. I get, if anybody's listening that has like anxiety about things like this, the thought of like going and setting up and doing everything by myself is overwhelming. Like I don't want to, I don't want to do it by myself, but for the same reasons you listed of having somebody to watch your booth, if you need to step away for a minute, having somebody just to talk with having the extra set of hands for teardown at the end of the day when you're like tired it's really really nice to have an extra person if you can and like you said it doesn't have to be somebody who's another crafter doesn't have to be somebody that's like in the business with you it could be your sister it could be your mom it could be your neighbor um it could be your husband whoever it is just to have somebody as a like you said an extra pair of eyes to give feedback Mm -hmm an extra pair of hands to help with things. Um, it's super, super helpful. And I try not to, um, try not to do it by myself because it's just so much yeah. better with, with friends or Definitely. family. A couple things I think of off the bat that I would recommend, um, appropriate clothing, 100%. Yeah. If it's cold, you're going to want layers, you know, even if it is like, like, like that spring, day that I did could have totally been one way or the other. It could have been really cold or it could have been really warm. Mm -hmm. It happened to be really warm. So like I ended, I started the day in layers. So I wore like a pair of pants with shorts underneath them and a sweatshirt and a t-shirt. And I like just pulled layers off as it got warmer. Um, Sunscreen, bring it. Even if the day is cold, just bring it because you never know. Like I, I haven't really done a cold event. So like maybe you can talk a little bit more on that. Um, but just while I'm thinking of it too, like a lock, a lockable cash box, mm-hmm. um, because if you do end up getting in that position where you are by yourself and you can't have someone watch your booth, at least you can kind of like protect your money a little bit right? where it's locked in a box and set away. So it's not just accessible to anybody. Right. Um, and then plenty of snacks and things to drink mm-hmm. um, because you don't want to step away from your booth if you don't have to. And it's better to just bring food for yourself and, and do it that way than it is to like step away. Cause 
the more you step away, the less you can interact with people coming by you. And even having conversations with people completely unrelated to your craft could really make a difference between a sale and not. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, other thing was if you don't have electricity in your booth, bring portable chargers. You will regret it if you do not. If you are somebody who uses Square, who uses PayPal, who uses Venmo, who uses any type of digital payment platform, and your iPad, your phone, whatever piece of electronics you use to process payments dies, you will be screwed. And it's not a good time. So I'm telling you, bring portable chargers. Yes, bring something to charge your phone. And also, if you have a way to scope out ahead of time what the Wi-Fi slash data situation is, like if you're going to be in a building, you should be able to figure out ahead of time, will there be wi-fi that i'll have access to if you're doing like a farmer's market at a park in the middle of who knows where and there's maybe not a great signal if you're planning on taking payments through your phone you need to think about that ahead of time and so maybe you're going to get a mobile hotspot um you just have a have some sort of plan in place to make sure that you're not like it's embarrassing because I've had it happen to me a couple times mm-hmm. where you're like okay it's you know this much and they hand you your card their card and you're trying to run it and it's like just loading and loading and loading and you're like okay sorry it's you know it's just it's loading and and usually people are patient and they understand but it's a frustrating position to be in where somebody is trying to give you money but your phone does not want to accept it because it can't get a signal to process the payment. That's no fun. So just be mindful of that and maybe think about what you're going to do for that ahead of time. On that note of like them handing your card and stuff, um, I only had two instances where this happened, but it is something to consider too if you um, feel strongly about it or are you know comfortable in it, whatever. But I had a couple people who just blatantly handed me their card and wanted me to swipe it. But I didn't have the ability to swipe a card. So I was doing strictly – I was strictly working with cash, PayPal, and Venmo, which for the most part everyone has isn't a huge deal. I had no issues. I did have two instances where two people wanted to swipe a card. And if I was more prepared and really understood how to, how to like, function things, I would have been like, oh, I don't take cards. But here's the deal. If you just, you know, scan this QR code, you can implement your card right here. It'll let you do it. I don't even have to look at the card. You can do the payment, process it. And easy peasy, no issues there. And I could have done that really simply. But I really didn't do a lot of research beforehand. I thought I had it all figured out. And like, let me tell you, you're going to go to your first market and you're going to find a million things you don't know. And you're going to be like, I'm an idiot. It happens. I don't know anything. It happens. Luckily for me, my friend that I was working with had Square. So she swiped cards for me. And then I just like... She would just pay me the money in cash. So I really got, like, a good situation out of it. But, like, definitely consider that when you're starting your market. Do you want to be able to swipe cards? And if you say, no, I'm not going to swipe a card, make sure you know how to take a card payment instead of directly from PayPal and Venmo. Because there are a few people who want to use a card but don't actually have PayPal or Venmo. Right. However, you can still take a card even if they don't have a PayPal account, just an FYI. Yes. Good information. Good stuff to know. So now that you are, I mean, I think it's fair to say you're a seasoned market person. Like, (laughs) like I've done one, but I'll pretend to be an expert anyways. (laughs) (laughs) 
what would you not do? What would you change about the things that you've done so far? Now that you've done two different seasons, you've done like a warmer season market and you've done colder season markets. And I think you've done morning and nighttime markets, right? Uh, yeah, I feel like I've done all range of <laughs> the day. Yeah. So yeah. tell us a wise one. What, oh gosh, what would on? you change? What would you do differently? So, oh goodness. Um, I think one thing that I would do, that I'm doing differently for both of my businesses is doing a little more of a thorough job of kind of vetting events before I sign up for them. Mm. I think last year I signed up for like any and every event I could find that fit in my calendar because I was just trying to get my name out there. I was trying to get my products out there, trying to meet more customers. And for the most part, that was a good move for me. Most... I don't think I ever did a single event where I lost money. Like, I think I always made more than what I put in for the the cost of the event mm-hmm. itself. But there were definitely events where I was like, I will not do this event again. I will not work with this person again because it was very poorly organized, very poorly communicated, things like that. And I think that had I taken a little more time up front to do some research, to ask questions... I yeah. might have been able to avoid some of those events that were just really more frustrating than anything else. So totally. that would be my advice to myself and also <laughs> to our listeners is do a little bit of research on the front end before you hand over money to somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be asking questions like, how is this event advertised? Um, what are you doing to promote it? And you know, seeing how they're actually getting customers to come to the event. Um, Is the responsibility being put back fully on the vendors? Because to me, that's a red flag. Um, If I'm paying money to an organizer, I'm not expecting them to do 100% of the work. Like, obviously, if they make a graphic about the event, you want to share that, you want to get the word out, because you want it to be a successful event. You want your family and friends to Mm -hmm. come and support you. But at the end of the day you are paying the organizer to promote this event that they're putting on. And if they are expecting the vendors to do all of the legwork of, hey, we want you to post these flyers all around town and we want you, (laughs) this is legitimately something that one of the vendor uh, organizers said to us at one of the events I did last year. They wanted wanted you to post out the flyers and put them everywhere? Not just that. They wanted us to call radio stations to get interviews. They wanted us to call TV stations to try and get reporters out. Um, oh my they okay. basically guilt tripped us in several emails saying do you guys want this event to be successful well then you'd better start working basically um to me that's a huge what is red the flag point of being, yeah exactly what is the point of being the organizer at this point oh yeah my goodness. so that that one Ooh, in, this one's getting spicy <laughs> yeah that one in particular is at the top of the list of a place i would not work with again um so things totally. like that you know if And usually you can tell if it's a person that has done events um, in the past. You can usually tell from their social media presence whether they're doing a good job of promoting their events or not. Um, Mm -hmm. You can usually tell by how quickly they get back to you, the level of professionalism that they use, if they're going to be a person that you want to work with. And obviously, like, you don't have to judge somebody super harshly from your first interaction. But, like, as you talk with somebody, you can generally get a feel for if it's a person that is going to be good to work with or not. 
Um, so that would be my biggest thing that I'm kind of adjusting as I go is just being a little bit more picky, being a little bit more choosy about which events I put my name to because mm-hmm. I just honestly like this year I don't have time I don't have time to mess with like an event that costs me money and yeah. costs me time and I'm putting an effort to prepare for it and then I show up and since it's not been promoted it's like very poorly attended and and listen that can still happen like you can promote the heck out of something and everybody can do all the right things and then you know, it's bad weather that day or something. And so it's not well attended. Like things happen, but I'm looking to work with people who are at least taking the steps that they can to make sure it's a good day for everyone. Definitely. I I mean, number one, trust your gut. If someone feels shady, don't do yes. it. Back out. Just like you can always find another market. You may have to drive a little bit, but like factor that into the, you know, the cost of doing business type of situation. Number two, like, like you can Google everybody and everything. Like, if you're unsure about a person, like, just look them up. Look at what people say about them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, everyone will share their opinions all over Facebook. <laughs> They'll tell you That's so true. how this vendor is. So just, like, find it because there are a lot of scammers out there. there yeah. And, I mean, I hear it all the time from people. Like, I think that was the number one thing people warn me about when they're, like, when you're getting into markets. Like, there are people out there who will who set up markets and then last minute cancel them and go, sorry, your booth fees were non-refundable. Yeah. And you're well, just like out of luck. Even worse than that. I mean, there are so many scammers on Facebook specifically and they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. But Facebook specifically, like you, you guys, please, please, please carefully vet people before you send them money. Um, there are people who will take a graphic of a legitimate event and mm-hmm. upload it as their own event and comment on, you know, Facebook groups that are meant for like connecting vendors with uh, markets. And they'll post and say, hey, I'm running this event. Email me for more details or message me for more details. And then they'll ask you to send them money when like the graphic, like it's a real event, but they're not the actual person hosting it. So like, carefully vet you know if you're interacting with somebody go to their profile if they have like zero friends or they just created their profile a month ago and they have no posts like that's probably a scammer just you know do your research before you hand over money to anybody please 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 yes most definitely um overviewing your market like give us a rundown overview of start to finish and you know, like how you think you did in terms of profits. Um, you don't have to like give actual numbers, but yeah. So um, I felt pretty prepared for this event in terms of inventory. Like I had, I, I tried to give myself lots of time to get everything ready that I wanted. At the end of the day, I still <laughs> I still didn't have enough time to get everything done that I wanted to. Which mm-hmm. like, who who among us has not had that experience? Um, but I still had, I still had like a good amount of stuff to bring with me. Um, Mm -hmm. so we loaded up everything. I got there. I realized when we were about halfway set up that I forgot like one of my crucial display pieces. And so luckily, yeah, I know. Luckily it was like a 15 minute drive. So I just ran back home and grabbed the piece I needed and came back. Um, and I'm grateful that that was the only thing I forgot. I, everything, everything else made it except for that one stupid piece. Um, so we still (laughs) had, (laughs) we still had plenty of time to get everything set up. Like it wasn't like I was, um, 
you know, in crunch time or anything like that. So we got everything set up and um, started right on time. The weather was really nice. It was a nice day. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with the amount of foot traffic, and I'm not sure why. It was a Saturday. The event ran from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m., so I don't know if it's just because it was like an evening thing and maybe it just was a weird time for people. Um, we did have like, you know, people walking by, but just not as much as I had thought because the church that we did the event on is on like a main road and they had bounce houses and stuff. So I kind of thought like this, you know, people are going to be driving by and be like, oh my gosh, something's happening here. Let's totally. go see what it is, you know? But I don't think it drew as many people as I was picturing that it would. So that was a little yeah. bit unfortunate. Um, I I think if there had been more people there in general, I would have sold more. Um, I did make back more than what I put in. So I didn't lose money on the event. But I, you know, <laughs> I always say, like, I try to go in without, especially for my first, you know, this being my first crochet market, I tried to go in with no expectations as far as, mm-hmm. like, a number because I just wanted it to mostly be a learning experience. But of course, like you're disappointed when you don't make a a really good amount, you know? So, yeah. Oh, totally. yeah. so I was a little bit disappointed that I didn't really like for the amount of for the amount of work that you put in, you kinda hope that you're gonna feel like, okay, wow, that was really worth it. Um, mm. And in my case, it ended up working out because I took a lot of the inventory that didn't sell at the market and brought it to the boutique because I set up my stuff like right after the market. Um, so it still got put to good use, but I was a little bit sad that I didn't get to like send more stuff home <laughs> with other people. Um, and pretty much all of my sales were people that I knew that came specifically to support me. So never underestimate inviting your friends and family because they will be your biggest supporters for sure. By the time we decided to tear down, it was dark outside and we had lights for the tent. I brought a battery like power converter deal so you could plug in some outlets to it. And it was, it's a Ryobi battery power converter thing, which if somebody is looking for the option to be able to have power at your tent without having actual electricity I think it's a great option it's not super expensive option to be able to have some form of electricity at your at your booth Um, so we use that to be able to have lights around the tent and everything so it was a little bit tricky once we tore down because it was like fully dark by the time we were actually tearing the tent down so it was like this weird dance of trying to figure out how to tear down everything except for the lights so that we could see everything we were tearing down. But then like we eventually at some point had to unplug the lights. So then we had to basically do the tent in the dark. So that was a little bit tricky, uh, but we figured it out. And the the other thing that was really that we weren't thinking about is I didn't bring bug spray or anything. So once it got dark Ooh. and we had the lights on it, like all the mosquitoes were flocking to us. And it was like, just get this tent, like get it in the car. Cause we were getting bitten up and there was <laughs> go, nothing go, we could go. do cause we needed the light and we didn't have bug spray. So that was, that was kind of a, a little bit of a mess, but another pro tip. Yeah. Just bring it all bug spray, sunscreen, bring all the things, a parka, combat boots, <laughs> Seriously. get her done. Um, so overall it was it was a good event. I made a profit. It was a small profit, but it was a 
it was a good like kind of dip my toes in the water of doing yeah. a crochet thing. And I think too something that I learned for just for me personally is I I have to learn not to compare my situation to my other business. Because yes. with my other business, I'm selling chocolate. And so like everybody loves chocolate. Pretty much every like unless people are coming through that either have like diabetes or they can't have dairy whatever like pretty much everybody loves what I sell and it's also not expensive like my most expensive mm-hmm. thing that I sell is like $20 and most everything else is like $5 $3 so they they kind of fly off the shelves and I think in my mind even though I was telling myself not to I think subconsciously I was comparing my hot cocoa bomb business to my crochet business which they're totally different, you know? Totally so different. So if you're a person who sells something else and you've kind of decided to switch gears and go into the crochet world, um, that might be applicable to you too, where it's like try not to try not to compare your current situation either to a previous situation of yours or maybe you know somebody else who sells stuff and they're just like, you know, selling like hotcakes. Like not everybody's situation is going to be the same and just be okay with your journey being what it is. And sometimes it takes some time to get where you want to be. Well, I think like I almost was intentional about saying like, you don't have to share your numbers because I don't necessarily want the only thing people to take away from this episode to be the numbers. Cause number yeah, one, true. like even from crochet to crochet, your experience is going to be totally different. So like, true. I could have a really successful market in September and then just could do one a week later and bomb it, you know, and vice versa. Like mm-hmm. she could sell out a week after she bombed that one. And then I could sell like two items. Like it, it's so, it can be so random. Like yep. you can kind of get a formula and a feel as you go and you like understand the people around you. But for the most part, it's just, it's, it's really a guessing game, you know, like you really have to, just kind of go with the flow and, and yeah. do your best to figure out what's going to appeal to people around you in that moment. Yeah. Um, and not compare to other people. Yeah. I think comparison is like the mm-hmm. number one temptation for small business owners mm-hmm. to do. And it's funny because you say that. And like, I remember when you shared with me, like how much you made at your first market. And yeah. I literally like had that number in the back of my head during my event. Oh, and I'm like, no. Which it's not your fault. Like it's, and I was really interested to know how you did. So I'm glad you told me, but like, Mm -hmm. it's just funny because I didn't consciously think like, I want to make more than Meg's did, but like I had this number in the back of my mind, like, okay, that's how much she made. And so hopefully I can make that much. And, um, and she's a liar. She was trying to beat me. She's always (laughs) trying to beat me at everything. (laughs) I just have to be better than Meg's. That's my goal in life. Um, Just be better yeah so comparison man it's just it it really is easy to get caught up in that in that trap of comparison and it's no good man it's no good Mm, it will kill you it's not gonna help you your small business yeah if you're constantly comparing you're going you're you're taking steps back like don't worry about everyone else. Just keep pushing forward. Keep working on your you and your business, and you will succeed. Yes, ma'am. Um, so in terms of my first market, like, I, you know, I got there. I met up with my friend, and her husband helped us set up. So that was really nice because we did have a 
um, third set of hands, which was wonderful. Mm-hmm. We got everything set up with about five minutes to spare. It didn't feel like enough time. We definitely should have utilized the entire time they gave us to set up. Mm. So we only used one of the two hours they gave us, and we should have used both. Both. I feel like if we would have had both hours, I probably wouldn't have just cram-packed everything. I would have taken my time and really worked out my layout. Um, but I just didn't have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I talked about some other things I would have done differently. Um, You know, within the first, like, 11 minutes, I actually end up selling my most expensive item, which was really cool. cool. I was super stoked. It really, like, set the stage for me, like, gave me that confidence and was like, oh, I can actually do this. Mm -hmm. So within the first 11 minutes, I covered my booth fee. And my next year's booth fee. That's amazing. Which was awesome. Like, that really was a cool experience. Um, And the day went on. Like, the beginning was really, like, packed. We had a slow period of time during lunch. And then right after lunch, we had a really big period of traffic again. Um, And then towards the end of the day, that, like, 2 p.m. and 3 p.m. mark when it was, like, the last hour, it really died. I didn't really have anyone come through. Um, I sold a lot. I didn't sell out. I didn't even sell close to half of what I brought, but I brought so much stuff. Um, but I ended up selling quite a bit. I sold more of the items that I thought I wasn't going to sell. I really didn't think that like my big, my big, would sell like the higher price ones, but they did. People wanted them. They loved them. It was really fun to see people walking around with them. And, like, circling, you know, like, my tent. I'd yeah. see them, like, like I sold this Loch Ness monster. And this girl was in love with it. And she just was, like, walking around with it. And I saw people stop and ask her about it. And it was just really fun to see that. That's so cool. Um, another pro tip. You need business cards. Even if they're, like, mm-hmm. not cute. As long as they have your information on it, take them with. Because I didn't have them and I regret it deeply. I could have gotten so many commissions if I would have had business cards, 100%. Um, so towards the end, we ended up saying we were going to tear down early. We didn't. We stayed, um, which was a good thing. I ended up making a last-minute sale, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we tore down and kind of like like decided that we were going to um, already um, pay for a booth for next year because we got it discounted by doing it that way, which was really cool. Yeah. And then we knew like, Hey, we'll do this together next year. Um, I ended up making enough to cover my booth this year, next year, plus my September market and more. That's awesome. So I did really well. And like, Jess, you already know the number. I'm not going to share the number because I don't want people to do what you did. <laughs> I don't want don't them to make the same mistake. Right. I don't want them to go in the back of their head like, I need to make this much at my first market to be successful. You need to make what your booth fee is to be successful at your market. I'm going to say that again. You need to make what your booth fee is to be successful at your market. Mm-hmm. And anything past that is amazing. Yes. Like, And even if you so, don't, even if you don't make a single sale, you get to learn a lot. Yeah. That's the thing, you know, like, I I guess that's even fair to say, too. Like, it's not even necessarily like a failure to not make money. Like, yes, it sucks. And you had to eat a little bit of a cost. But it was a good experience of learning what to do and what not to do. Yes. Like, I had no 
I had goals in mind for what I wanted to sell and what I wanted to make for a profit, but I really, I think I, I set myself up for success in the sense of even though I had those goals, I didn't set any expectations because I didn't know how it was going to go, number one. And number two, I didn't want to be disappointed when I left there. Right. And like for my friend, it didn't go well. You know, like it was not her first market. It wasn't her first time doing this market. Mm-hmm. She made $5. And I hate saying Aww. that and giving the number. But like she didn't even cover her booth fee. But in the end, she still was really positive about it and was like, you know what? I don't even care because I had such a good time hanging out with you anyways. And it was really fun to see you, like, really have some success. So it was really cool. She had such a great attitude about it. Yeah. And And the truth is, like, even if you have one of those events where you maybe feel like you totally bombed, if you're able to bring some business cards and just talk to some people, you never know who might send you an email or reach out to you on Facebook a week, a month later and say, Hey, I would like to commission you to make this, you know, $200 piece or, you know, it's like, you just, you just never know the kind of connections. There's been some shows where, um, with my other business, I didn't sell very much, but I got a contact to possibly do, you know, hot cocoa bombs for a whole wedding or something like that, you know? So it's like, you just never know what kind of, um, connections you might make and the currency of people, is oftentimes more valuable than just money. Absolutely. If anything, it's like, it's marketing. It's, it's mm-hmm. connecting, it's getting to know people. And like people. the other thing about it too is maybe it's not that person you spoke to that you're going to sell an item to or, or get a commission from, but maybe it's their cousin, maybe it's their sister, maybe it's their friend. Maybe they're going, oh, my friend's having a baby in in January and they would love a blanket. Like I'm going to, you know, connect you with them and that sort of thing. So really don't, don't get disappointed if you don't make any money or if you don't even profit. Cause like, here's the thing at some point in time, we're all going to be in that situation. We're going to get a bad market yep. for whatever reason. And we're not going to make money and it's just going to be what it is. Like there are a few people who get lucky and always have success at some point in time, you are going to have a flop and it's just going to happen. Yeah. And try not to be like, I'm, I'm working through this right now at the moment, like after the first market that I did, because it didn't really go the way that I was hoping it would go. I got a little gun shy about doing a second market. So actually just today, I was kind of scrolling through the internet and looking for a September market because I would like to do a second one. And it took a while for me to feel like, okay, I want to jump back in and, and get something again because it stings when you don't have the experience that you want to have. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, okay, gosh, well, should I even, you know, try to do this again because it didn't go that well. And it can be frustrating. It can be disheartening to like have that first experience be not a great one, but you know, take some time you know, lick your wounds and then get back out there because (laughs) you just never know, like from one market to the next, it can be a night and day difference. And really what, you know, the, the first experience may have shot your confidence way down. The second experience might be so incredible that, you know, it will help you feel like, okay, no, I can do this. Hey, hey, Jess, I know of a September market you can go to. <laughs> You're going to pay for my travel expenses? <laughs> I mean, no, but like you, you could anyways. I'll pray about it. <laughs> <laughs> Is Jesus going to tell you no? Yeah, he already told me. Just now. He said, my child, no. 
<laughs> my child, no. <laughs> my child, simply no. I feel like this might be a little blasphemous. Well, you know. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so, Q&As, so far, we've kind of, like, asked the question and got answers, but... Um, we're going to switch it up to the like more typical Q&A, right? Like we're going to pull a question that we got from a listener. Yes. And answer that. Exactly. So we actually, this is a question that came from technically episode one when we were live on TikTok and we had some people who asked questions and we didn't get to all of them. And we said, hey, don't, don't worry. We're going to pull those questions as we continue going through episodes and so this question comes from actually episode one and the question is a question for megs because i cannot answer this question at all and you'll know why once i read it do we know who asked the question we do not i don't have the name so if it was you you know give yourself a little gold star a little pat on the back um (laughs) because i do not know who your name i don't I, i would give you a shout out if i did but anyway the question is what is the best way to find pattern testers? What do you think, Megs? This is a great question. I literally just did this. Yes, very That's relevant. Perfect. Very relevant. So, you know, at the beginning when we were talking about what you're making, what you're working on, I had mentioned that I'm starting a new pattern and it's in the process of pattern designing. Mm-hmm. Your best bet at finding pattern testers number one social media mm-hmm. get on your social media and start searching um so the process that i utilize and there's a couple ways you can do it this has been my most successful but i'm going to give you a couple ways you can do it you can post a um, pattern tester call on your social media platform and make sure it's public and allow people to apply that way um, you can search crochet Facebook groups and say, hey, I need a couple pattern testers. Anybody willing to test this for me and send me feedback? Um, or you can, you know, have like your friends, of course, do it. If you have like a group of friends who crochet, you can have them do it that way. Generally, as you go, you kind of find people that you really like and you will re- repetitively ask them to test for you. And honestly, um, a lot of people will gravitate towards pattern testing for you. So, like, I have a girl, um, shout out to Knitted Critters. She makes the cutest Amis ever. Uh, I didn't test her most recent one because I just didn't have time, but, like, absolutely adore her patterns. Um, I regularly pattern test for her. So, like, when she releases a new pattern, I apply, but it's now kind of gotten to the point where it's, it's like, already, like, I still apply out of, like, respect for other pattern testers, but, like, it's gotten to a point where there's that mutual respect there because we both flow really well together, but I will pattern test for her quite often. Yeah. Um, And I adore her. She's just a sweet, sweet person. And she makes the cutest patterns. If you do not own a knitted critters pattern, you need to go to Etsy and run and get one. And we will link her in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Um, It's great. So like, My favorite way to get pattern testers is I will make an Instagram post because hashtags are your friends. Yes. They will boost anything for you. And, like, there are people who solely look for patterns to test. And, like, that's what they do. They Mm -hmm. just crochet and test patterns. So if you use hashtags like pattern tester, pattern tester wanted, pattern tester needed, X, Y, and Z, like, you'll find somebody. It won't take long. Um, I kind of give, like, like a rundown in the description of what I'm looking for 
what my stipulations are. And then just so people are like helping me boost it a little bit and find more people, I'll have them like the post. I'll have them share it to their story. I'll have them comment something. And then from there, I pick pattern testers. You can do it, you know, different ways. If you want more experienced pattern testers, you can have them, you know, tell them what their skill level is. Have they pattern test before? If you're looking for that, if you want beginners, you can ask them again, like what your skill level is. Um, you can look at their follower account. Like I don't like to do that because I don't want to display someone based on who follows them. I, I really am looking for just someone to give me solid feedback and, and I'm not as concerned about them promoting it. Um, right. Because hashtags are your friend. Again, hashtags will go so far. You really do want people who are going to help promote it. Absolutely. That's important. But like hashtags will help you and do a lot of that work for you too. Right. Um, but you can, you know, like if you, you can set stipulations, like if someone doesn't have X amount of followers, like you're not going to have them pattern test for you. Um, obviously you want to look at their work. If their work doesn't reflect a similarity to like what your pattern is, you may not want them to test it. Cause like it, it may just look so thrown off compared to like what you're working with, you know, like if there's somebody who only works with cotton yarn, for example, and your pattern is in blanket yarn, like maybe that's not somebody you want to necessarily choose because that's not a medium they've worked with a ton. Yeah. Just making sure they're a good fit. Yeah, totally. And it may be something that becomes a bigger hassle than actually beneficial for you. Right. Um, The other thing I'd recommend is like, don't get offended. Like you want people to be brutally honest with you. You don't want them to skirt around things that might hurt your feelings because you want to know if it's going to come up and be an issue. Because if you don't have people who are going to be honest with you about how your, how your pattern works up and like what could be better and what works well, then you're just going to end up having that problem when you're selling it. And yeah. like, You'd rather have a frustrated or confused pattern tester than a frustrated and confused buyer. Paying customer, yeah. Because then the reviews are very public and can hurt your business instead of being in private where you still have a chance to fix it. Absolutely. Yeah. So put on your thick skin when you're reading pattern Mm -hmm. testing feedback. (laughs) And like people aren't rude. Honestly, if they're rude, like suck up dealing with the situation with them. Never let them pattern test for you again. Right. Like... Looking but for honest, people not mean. <laughs> generally are really kind about it. They'll suggest things. A lot of them are like, I don't want to step on toes, so like forgive me. But like I would do it this way. And I'm like, sweet. Like, <laughs> and I, I'm really upfront about that stuff. Like I blatantly told the people who are pattern testing for me to literally be as brutally honest as you want to. Like, don't be a jerk, but like tell it to me like it is. Yeah. Because I want this to be as perfect as I can get it. And right. they were. They were really honest. They gave me all the feedback it wasn't even it wasn't even like a oh yeah you worded it this way it's fine like some of those girls were straight up like if you word it this way a beginner will not understand it and it's like what's the point and I'm like yes give it to me <laughs> like so <laughs> that's funny give me all the shame no. another reason why I don't create patterns because I can't handle criticism <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being serious okay <laughs> I could go on and on about the subject. I really could. If you have more questions on this topic, um, we really could do an episode all about pattern testing. Yeah, I'll just ask you the questions patterns. and sit back and let you do your thing. Like, 
it would be so fun. So if that didn't answer your question enough, send us another email or comment or however you, you know, message, whatever. Let us know if you want a whole episode and we will plan it out. Yes. All right. Sorry, I had to yawn. I was trying to conceal it. It's all good. It's it's all good. You need a pause for a minute. Now you're going to make me nod. Oh, Oh, no. Go ahead. Get it out of your system. Get it out of your system. We're we're pausing. Woo. All right. If you yawned, send an email. (laughs) Did we make you yawn? Did we make you yawn? Please cut that section out. (laughs) I don't know. It depends on how spicy I'm feeling. Um, (laughs) Spicy I'm feeling. So we have a segment that uh, we both love. We both love it. Oh, it's our favorite segment. Yes, it is called. At least my favorite. Yeah. Shut up and and take take my money. Money. Shut up and take my money. Yes. And so Meg's kind of she's just basically driving the train today because she had all the answers for our Q and A, and she's also going to tell us about the shut up and take my money segment today because. Um, really, she has all the information on this topic as well. So what are we um, shutting up about and giving our money away for today, Max? Oh, let <laughs> me tell you, Jess. Let me tell you. What are we shutting <laughs> up about? <laughs> as we do the exact opposite and talk at length about this item. We- <laughs> <laughs> Do we need five minutes laughing? Okay. Okay, I can be serious now. Okay. Oh, man, that was so funny. I'm really excited about this one, you guys, mm-hmm. because I feel like although I have had a little bit of input on our other Shut Up and Take Our Monies, they've really been Jessica-driven. Yeah. This one Shut is up, all me, man. <laughs> Shut up, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> it's my money now. No. <laughs> um, if you know me... <laughs> If you know me, if you've hung out on my TikTok lives, if you have listened to the podcast, you know I am a bougie crochet hook lover. I have spent some money on some fancy handmade hooks. Mm-hmm. So naturally, today's shut up and take my money is a bougie handmade crochet hook. Um, and this hook is by Safari Crochet Hooks. And Safari is S-O-P-H-A-R-I. I love these hooks. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people, when they hear cro- um, handmade crochet hand- crochet hook hand, um, <laughs> they think polymer clay, which you would be correct. A lot of handmade crochet hooks are polymer clay, and those are wonderful, and I love them, and I own lots of them. This one, though, I said I said these in this one. <laughs> She's getting to this lap happy stage of the evening, folks. I really am. We better oh wrap goodness. it up. <laughs> <laughs> this one is resin based and it's so mm. beautiful. I actually have one in my hand right now because I just needed to like explain it as I was touching it because it's just the best. It's resin based. It's so smooth in your hand. It's um, ergonomic. So it's really great for people who have carpal tunnel, arthritis, you know, dealing with any type of pain in their wrists and their arms and their fingers. It gives you the ability to reduce some of that fatigue, which like gives you the ability to crochet longer um, and also helps with like tighter stitches and things like that. Anna Lynn at Safari Crochet Hooks is incredible. She makes beautiful hooks. They always have incredible collections and themes. Um, 
This theme, I don't remember the actual name of the hook, but it's like an orange and green. It totally gives me like fall and Halloween vibes if you're into that mm. sort of thing. Um, but these ones were like all like mythical type of creature stuff. So like I have two that I got from this collection. My other one is a water nymph, which I don't really know much about that type of stuff, but I just loved it because it was like water and it reminded me of the ocean. It has like little pearls in it. It's just beautiful. That's so cool. Seriously, you guys, she is on TikTok. She is on Instagram. She's on Etsy. Yes, I believe she's on Etsy. Or she has her own website. I can't exactly remember. We'll have it all um, linked. We'll have it linked. But I love these hooks. Go and follow her on Instagram because these hooks are so beautiful and they are a game changer. Like a game changer. I love them so much. And I could go on and on. I'm not going to because I'm getting way too slap happy and I'm going to laugh about everything I do. Um, and we just have like some amazing announcements for today. Hey, it's Jess here, and I just want to make sure that you guys realize we have stickers. The Crochet Bays podcast has released five different sticker designs. They are beautiful, colorful, die-cut stickers. You can slap them on a water bottle. You can slap them on a phone. You can slap them on a laptop. You can slap them on your kids. I don't really care. You get to do what you want, but they are available for purchase on our website. If you go to bergsnestcrochet.com, there's a tab for the Crochet Vase podcast merch store. You will also find that link in the show notes. And listen, people, here's the deal, guys. Megs, she's got like a whole soccer team of kids to feed. I don't have that, but I do have a cat to feed and his food can be expensive sometimes. Just get the stickers, okay, people? You're gonna love them. You guys, I am so excited about some of our announcements today, okay? Because not only did we just talk about So Far Crochet Hooks and Shut Up and Take My Money, but we're actually gonna interview Anna Lynn from So Far Crochet Hooks on episode five. Yes, our next episode. And I, I'm so excited. Can, okay, first of all, can you believe we're on episode five already? That's a milestone. Like, that's a milestone. Big deal. Holy cow. We have are just about to record five episodes. That's amazing. And I just want to say thank you so much to all you guys for yes. supporting us and loving us and, like, joining us along this journey. Should we make a little I cake wanna... for episode five? We should... I feel like we should make a little cake. Make a little let's make cake. a little cake. Heck yeah, let's With make a little, a little five cake. on it. OMG. Like a candle let's for a five-year-old, but it's for us. For five episodes. <laughs> yes. What if we crocheted the cake and then we like. But I want to eat put... it, Max. I wanna, okay, fair I enough. I want to eat it. We'll, we'll make a cake. We'll make a cake. <laughs> We're making a cake. Yes. Okay. We'll make okay. a cake. It's fine. Anyway. Back to this actual announcement. <laughs> yes. Back to the actual announcement. So we're interviewing. We're interviewing Anna Safari Lynn Crochet. Of Safari Crochet. And I'm so psyched, you guys. Like. I'm geeking out. I own her hooks. Yes. I love her hooks. You're fangirling. Shut up. I'm fangirling. I'm fangirling. I'm so excited about this. You, This is the time that you need to send questions in to the email, thecrochetbase at gmail.com. Yeah. Send us a message on Instagram, our personal Instagrams. We don't have a crochetbase Instagram. Um, or on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Because... You really want to ask her some awesome questions about her hooks. Yes. Like, and how cool gonna, to have yeah, an opportunity to hear from somebody who makes crochet hooks that you use all the time. Like not necessarily yeah. the crochet hook you use personally, but like somebody who actually makes crochet hooks. Uh, like I just feel like what a 
what an interesting opportunity for us to get to talk to somebody and hear about what that process is like and how, you know, all the, the thought that goes into the process and how to make a good crochet hook versus a great one. And I'm, I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I have so many questions. I'm so pumped. So you guys, if you don't follow her already, make sure you go and follow her social media because you need to see these hooks before she comes on the podcast mm-hmm. because you need to have an idea of what we're talking Understand about. Understand the these hype. These are gorgeous hooks. They're incredible. They're worth every penny. You need one. I'm still kind of in shut up and take my money, but it's still the announcement. <laughs> it's so far crochet it's drifted through. Hooks are coming to the crochet bay. Yes, on episode 5 and something else fun is going to be happening on episode mm-hmm. 5 Megs. Um, The two of us have been very excited about this and we just, you know, originally we were going to wait until like episode 10 to do this. Mm -hmm. And then as we looked at the calendar, we realized since we're uploading every other week, 10 episodes is kind of like a long way away and we just couldn't, it really is. we just couldn't wait that long. So we said, let's, let's cut that in half and, and we'll do this at episode five instead. So episode three, we dropped a small little collection of stickers as merch and we are now going to be expanding the collection yeah, we of are. merch and we will have kind of a, a wider array of things of crochet bay things that you can pick up. So we're not going to give you all the details we're not going to tell you exactly what will be there but we wanted to give you a heads up let you know so as you're you know working out your budget you can add a little line in there for some crochet base merch uh, because we are very excited to share it with you and we hope that you all will get some uh some really cute really beautiful crochet base merch i know just with the sticker collection megs and i have had so much fun designing and mm-hmm. i mean a lot of thought and care is going into this process yes. to make sure that these pieces are stuff that you guys will be able to love <clears throat> and use and just be very excited over uh, hopefully as excited as we are which is like a whole lot you guys <laughs> get ready guys two weeks from now crochet base merch is dropping yes and i better see us tagged in you using wearing applying oh, we want to see it all yes so do with that what you will yep because we're not telling you what the merch is yes although i feel like, like if you follow ready. us on social media we may be mm-hmm. maybe dropping some little hints here and there oh yeah not giving not giving say. the full information but you know we may be dropping some little hints here and there about what you can expect so i think that just about wraps this up for episode four yeah yeah yes what a fun that was so weird <laughs> yeah. I said that weird like, yes. <laughs> Wait, it's like that one video of the kid the kid's hitting the head with the ball he's like yeah yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh oh it's like all spiky yes yes <laughs> Oh, I really hope you guys know what we're talking about. Or maybe I don't. Maybe it's funnier that way. All right, you guys, I am so thankful for all of you for being listeners, for being participators, for coming along this crochet-based journey with us because we're having a blast. I mean, clearly, we're having a lot of fun. Clearly, this is a good time for us. Uh, And we hope that you guys are having a good time as well. And Megs, is there anything else that you need to say slash share before we... uh, before we end this episode out 
I don't think so. I think you guys just uh, happy crocheting, drink coffee, crochet on, and uh, have a good time. I don't know. I butchered the sticker. I'm just, I was trying so hard, but it just didn't happen. Crochet, <laughs> drink coffee. Crochet, drink coffee. Be kind. And be kind. Yes. There we go. That's what it was. The three tenets of all crochet bays. Do all of those things <laughs> and have a lovely day. While we talk about crochet, while we talk about crochet, you can crochet too.